0: All right, First John chapter five, and uh, this morning we read verses one through twelve, and tonight we'll just read verses six through twelve. First John chapter five, verses six through twelve. Uh, you remember this morning we uh, sort of skipped over six, seven, and eight, so we'll look at uh, those uh, tonight. But First John chapter five, verses six through twelve, say this again: This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater." For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. (laughs) Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, we thank you again for those uh, good songs, uh, dear God, to just encourage our hearts, uh, dear God. And Lord, I thank you, dear God, for uh, that we still have psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, dear God, that we can sing in worship to you, and uh, we uh, just praise you for that. Again, Lord, we pray for the needs of the heart tonight. We think of spiritual needs among us. Lord, again, we think of uh, lost loved ones as we'll be gathered together with family over the holidays. Uh, dear God, and uh, Lord, we think of physical needs. Specifically, we think of uh, Brother uh, Wood's brother, uh, Rita's um, neighbor, Phil, uh, Sister Pence, uh, neighbor uh, Melissa, and... Uh, uh, Sister uh, Loretta Carpenter and her brother Phil and uh, Sister Muxlow and just others, dear God, uh, many physical needs among us. We pray for uh, safety uh, for those that will be traveling. We think of Sister Rosa and uh, JP and PJ as uh, they'll be traveling and watch over them and help them to have a good time with uh, uh, their grandmother and other loved ones there in uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, Lord, I pray, dear God, again, as we look into your word, uh, that you'd help us to learn and grow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, verse 9 says, If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. Talking about uh, that witness, of course, we're called to be uh, witnesses as his children. But uh, uh, 6, 7, and 8 talks about some witnesses. Well, let's look at 6 and 8 together, and then we'll look at verse 7 by itself. And notice these witnesses it mentions. It says, verse 6, This is He that came, talking about Jesus, water and blood, water and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that witnesses because the Spirit is truth. Then verse 8 says, There are three that bear witness in earth the human the, the, the witness in earth, the spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. And of course, verse 7 talks about uh, the, the, those that bear witness in, in heaven. So here in these verses, we see the, the human or earthly witnesses and then the heavenly uh, witnesses there in verse 7. So in verse 6 and 8, it mentions water. It mentions blood. It mentions uh, the spirit. And of course, uh, a water can refer to several things in uh, the Word of God. And of course, we know there's only one blood that matters in the Word of God, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And so uh, look at a couple of thoughts concerning a water. Now uh, it says he came by water and blood. Of course, uh, his water baptism bore witness to who he was right? We know that that witness was given uh, when he was baptized. Christ was declared to be the Son of God at his baptism, right? That's when he first showed himself publicly. So he came by, uh, he came by water, right? He was first declared openly uh, uh, to be the Son of God there at his baptism, Again, Matthew three seventeen, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So uh, his baptism, amen, uh, bore witness uh, uh, there uh, to who he was. Of course, we know uh, uh, the word of God bears witness, and often the word of God is likened unto water. Ephesians five twenty six 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Uh, another thing to think about is what? There, there are two ordinances. What are, what are the two ordinances uh, for the church? Somebody uh, t- raise your hand and tell me those. The two ordinances. All right. Right. Baptism. What? Baptism. Water. The Lord's Supper. What do we think of there? With the, the blood. You see? So you, so all through uh, uh, the Word of God, you see witnesses of water and witnesses of of the blood uh, pointing to Jesus Christ, bearing witness to who Jesus Christ was. So again, Christ was declared to be the Son of God at his baptism. And then with the blood, the shedding of his blood, of course, bore witness. And his blood continues to bear witness uh, to who he is. Amen. Christ was proved to be the Son of God at the cross. Matter of fact, Jesus said in John 8, 28, Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am He. So when He said, "Hey, when you see Me on the cross, when I'm shedding My blood, right? Then you'll realize that I am He." So that bore witness to who He was. John 19:34. Uh, remember when uh, they pierced His side? It says, "But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced His side, and forth came there out blood and water." John nineteen thirty five and he that saw it bear record and his record is true and he knoweth that what he saith is true that ye might believe and the Bible talks much about the blood of Jesus Christ uh, bearing witness and uh, uh, Hebrews nine twelve says this but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. 1 Peter 1, 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then the Spirit, the Spirit bears witness. Of course, again, the Spirit came publicly uh, uh, at Christ's baptism, right? When he was made publicly known and became his public ministry, we know that uh, the Spirit showed up. We'll we'll talk more about that verse in a moment. But uh, the Bible says in verse 8 that the spirit, water, and blood agree in one. They're all in agreement on a number of things. John 15 26 says this, talking about the spirit. But when the comforter has come, he shall testify of me. And we know that's the job of the spirit, right? The job of the spirit is to what? Magnify Jesus Christ and point out who Jesus Christ is. That's what happens when a person hears the word of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit takes that word and uh, works in people's hearts and opens up their understanding and says, Hey, he's the one. He's the one that died for you and shed his blood. Uh, uh, are you going to believe on him? Amen. Uh, through the understanding, the word, of, the spirit of God is, can't explain how all that happens, but we know that it does. Uh, Hebrews 9:14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So it talks about the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit. So uh, the, 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 the water, right, at his public uh, baptism, when he was publicly uh, declared to be the son of God, and then uh, uh, the blood, he said, hey, when you see me shedding my blood, then you'll know that I'm he. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit's job is to point people to Christ. So they all agree in one. And what do they agree? They agree to the fact that he is the Savior. Uh, uh, the, the water gave witness what? Hey, this is this is my son and who I am well pleased uh, the blood of uh, Jesus Christ when he was shedding it, when, even one of the soldiers said, hey, no doubt this was uh, the Son of God. And then the Holy Spirit says, that's him. That's the one you need to believe in. So, and then not only uh, does the Spirit uh, bear witness who Jesus is, the Spirit also bears witness with our spirit of who Jesus is. Hebrews ten fifteen says, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us witness to us. And then uh, talking about the water. Now, remember when Christ's baptism, right, what was he doing? Well, that's when he was uh, made publicly known. Now, we know John had already said, behold the Lamb of God. So man gave witness, but uh, at his baptism, God gave witness. And we know the witness of God, as we read here, is greater. So John, as a man, had given witness, but God himself gave witness at The baptism. And so, uh, of course, we know baptism is simply a matter of identification, and that's what Jesus Christ was uh, doing. He was identifying with those for whom he came. That's what he was, that's what what baptism is. It's just a matter of identifying with something. And Jesus Christ was publicly identifying, amen, with those sinners for who he came. John had said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Jesus publicly said before them. Right? When he was he allowed John to baptize him, because remember what John says, Man, you're not the one that should be baptized. Hey, he should be doing this to me. And Jesus said, Hey, we're here to what? Fulfill all righteousness. And so he was identifying with those for whom he came. Just like when we get baptized, what are we doing? We are identifying with him through baptism. That's all a baptism is. So Christ was not ashamed to identify with the sinner. And when we get baptized, we're saying we are not ashamed to identify with Christ. So again we see the witnesses: the water, the blood, and the spirit. So we could think of it this way: the spirit bears witness in us. The spirit bears witness in us. Again in Romans 8:16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit bears witness within us. And then the water, right? The water, when we get uh, 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 baptized, you could say it this way. The water bears witness by us, by us. 1 Peter 3, 21 says this. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Now, boy, if, if that verse stopped right there, it'd be kind of confusing. <laughs> but it goes on to say this. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, Boy, people that believe in baptism has something to do with salvation need to get a hold of that part right there. Not, to put, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but what? The answer of a good conscience toward God. Why? Because we've taken that first step of obedience and showed that, hey, listen, we're publicly identifying that, hey, we've been saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the Spirit bears witness in us. The water bears witness by us. We make that public statement. And then the blood bears witness for us, for us. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Able, and so we know the blood, amen. Of course, was applied to the mercy seat and works on our behalf. And when we get saved, the blood is applied to our heart. So thank God we have those witnesses that uh, working on our behalf. The Spirit, amen, bears witness in us. Hey, it bears witness who Jesus is. And then when we believe on that, it bears witness that we are a child of God. And then the water bears witness, right? Because we bu- we publicly make that statement that we are not ashamed and we're willing to identify with Jesus Christ. And then the blood, amen? When we believe on it, that same blood that was shed at Calvary takes away our sin. And so again, uh, they agree in one, right? Right? Uh, they agree in one in who Je- in, that Jesus is the Savior. And then they also agree in one, amen, in our salvation. What a wonderful uh, uh, thought that is. And you could say uh, much more about uh, uh, those things there, but thank God that we have those witnesses, those testimonies, amen, uh, to help us here on earth. But I want to focus on verse 7 for a moment, which says this. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So I want to talk about the Trinity for a moment, the Trinity. And we need to realize the Trinity is a key cornerstone doctrine of God's Word. No verse makes it clearer than this verse. I think this is the clearest, at least I believe so, maybe uh, there's others, but I think this is the clearest verse in the Bible on the doctrine of the Trinity. And I believe that's one reason that it is so att- attacked and left out of many modern uh, 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 versions, right? Uh, and it, it, it's, a lot of people, they leave it out and they say, well, it went in the older text and it didn't show up until the 16th century and blah, 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 and uh, uh, all those things. Well, hey, I, I, but you know what? A verse that clear on an important doctrine, hey amen? How in the world uh, uh, could, uh, could it uh, uh, not be uh, uh, that it's supposed to be there and make it clear on this great important doctrine? And of course, we know if you, if you look at modern uh, versions, they take out verse seven, then most of what do they do? They take verse eight and they split it. They'll take the first part of verse eight, make it verse seven, then the second part of verse eight and make that verse eight. Or some of them, you know what they'll do when they get down there? They'll just say verses 6 through 8 and then run them as a group so you don't know which is which, you know. It's amazing how they do it, but thank God... Amen. That's another good reason to hold to your King James Bible, right? Because it makes it good and clear right here on this great doctrine of the Trinity. And so the Bible's teaching about God, that he's one God revealed in three distinct persons. Of course, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Of course, we know the term Trinity is not in the Bible, uh, but this makes it clear that, that, that uh, Jesus Christ, is, that, that God is a triune God. So let's uh, look at some verses uh, for Bible proof concerning uh, the Trinity. The New Testament plainly teaches and shows there's a Trinity. Well, in fact, uh, the, the greatest commission. When we look at the greatest commission, right, it, it, it tells us uh, to go. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 says this. Go we therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in what? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's pretty clear right there. Now, there it doesn't say they're all one. That's why you got to compare Scripture with Scripture. This verse, verse 7, makes it clear they're one. But it says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. John 14, 26 says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in what? In my name. The Holy Ghost, there's one, whom the Father, there's two, will send in my name. There's three. All three of them mentioned there in that verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's one. The love of God, there's two. And the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. There's three. So uh, some great verses there showing all three of the Godhead. And when you, when you study out the word of God, you'll see this. Each person of the Trinity is said to have a separate personality. Each person of the Trinity is co-equal one with another. Matter of fact, uh, 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 the Pharisees then got upset because he he said, what? Making thyself equal with God. But it says somewhere else he wasn't ashamed, amen, uh, 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 to be called uh, to make himself equal with God. And of course, the Old Testament teaches that God is one in three persons. Now, uh, there's maybe not as many verses where it's as clear, but the Bible makes it uh, clear, amen, that there's more than one in the Godhead. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, when God went to make man, he said this, Genesis 1, 26, and God said what? Let us, let us make man in our image After our likeness. And then in Genesis 11, you know, when they were going to go down to the Tower of Babel, they said this, go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord. Now, look at that. In Genesis 11, it says us. In verse eight, it says the Lord. (laughs) So we know that us, whoever that is, whatever that is, is the Lord scatter them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth and they left off building the city. In Isaiah here the Lord Jesus the son of God is speaking in Isaiah and referring to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 48:16 says this. Come ye near unto me. Hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit sent me. The Lord God and his spirit sent me. You see all three of them right there in the Old Testament. And so even in Christ's life, you see, amen, uh, the, the, the picture of the Trinity, of course, you see it at his incarnation and birth. His incarnation and birth. Luke 135. Uh, uh, turn over there to Luke 135. And let's read that verse together. You see at his incarnation and birth. Luke 135. Of course, talking to Mary, it says Luke 135, and the angel answered and said unto her, here it is, the Holy Ghost, there's one shall come upon thee, the power of the highest, that's two, shall overshadow thee. Therefore also look, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be what called the Son of God. Right there it is. In his incarnate the Holy Ghost, the highest, and the Son of God. And then again, as already mentioned, it was at his baptism. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. It says this, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened, and he saw what? The Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Of course, him is Jesus. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, "'This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased.'" So you see the Father speaking, you see the Son in the water, and then you see uh, the Holy Spirit coming down as a dove. A beautiful picture of the triune God right there. And then even uh, in the thoughts of his resurrection and his suffering, it says this in First Peter 3.18. For Christ, there it is, for Christ also has suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So a lot of great verses uh, there that clearly show, amen, the, the, the Godhead. And, uh, of course, uh, we know Jesus Christ Amen, was a, a picture of the uh, Godhead in bodily form. Can anybody think of another one? Anybody else think of another uh, good verse that gives us a picture of the Trinity or the triune God? Going on. Oh I can see the wheels turning in Sister McLean's head. Come on, she's trying to find that verse. You can do it, sister. Yes. I would say it's the very right it shows all three. Right. Go ahead and go ahead and read that verse. Number two. Right. Right. And there it is. So you have God and then you have the spirit moved and then the word. He says, and God said right there, the word, that's Jesus Christ. Because and that that that's that what she just said, that's backed up by what? By John. One, uh, one through three, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. All things were made. Amen. All things were made. The Bible says all things were made by him, the word. When he spoke as Jesus Christ, he is uh, 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 the word. He is the word. So you can't you can't get around it. So each person of the Trinity is. Is said to do the same works, right? You see it working in creation. You see it in the indwelling uh, uh, of the Christian, and right. You see it in our salvation. And so, uh, uh, the the doctrine of the Trinity is very important, a very unique, unique and important uh, for us to understand. Now, let's uh, think about this. People say, oh, well, that's uh, polytheism. Well, no, no, it's not. Uh, how does the doctrine of the Trinity differ from polytheism? Let me give you this as a side note. Of course, Jehovah Witnesses and others charge that the doctrine of the Trinity is polytheistic concept similar to Hinduism. Of course, uh, let's uh, look at that thought for a moment. The gods of polytheism are not not truly one. Of course, we know they're not real in the first place. But though the idolater says he believes in one God, he does not. Hindu gods, for example, fight one another, marry one another, create one another, destroy one another. Contrariwise, the Trinity of the Bible is one in purpose, one in mind, one in power, one in glory, and one in action. Of course, to them, everything's a God. That's why it's hard to talk to them about Jesus. They say, oh yeah, yeah, I got room on my shelf for another God. You know, they just throw, throw him up there. Polytheism says God is revealed in many manifestations, but the Trinity teaches that God is revealed in one incarnation, and of course, in Jesus Christ. In him is all the fullness of deity. He is the image of the invisible God. Amen bodily polytheism says there are different degrees of deity between the highest God and man are various descending powers. The gods, which guard Hindu temples, for example, are thought to increase in power as one approaches closer to the temple. The Trinity says there is only one God. There are no degrees of the Godhead. Man comes directly to God through Jesus Christ If you have Jesus Christ, you have God, amen, God the Father. Of course, you have God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So we as Christians, according to the Word of God, we firmly believe there is one God eternally existing and manifesting Himself to us in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one, right? Now, of course, we were made in the image of God, and that's why we're a tripart being, body, soul, spirit. Hebrews 4.12 is one verse that makes that clear. Hebrews 4.12 says this, talking about the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is a, this to me this is just an amazing verse. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul, spirit and the joints and marrow. The word of God, amen, deals with every aspect of man, the spirit, the soul, and even the body. And as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so we're made in the image of God and we're a triune being, but we're not a trinity in the same sense that God, uh, God is one. Now, I, I can't say this is an a, a, a easy doctrine to understand. It's an easy doctrine uh, to explain. But I like what, what I read. One person said this. One person said, to try to fully understand and comprehend the Trinity, one would lose his mind. To try and fully comprehend and understand the Trinity, one would lose his mind. But on the other hand, to deny the Trinity, one would lose his soul. <laughs> So to try and understand it, hey, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, I'm glad I have a God that I can't understand. I'm glad I have a God that I can't explain. Amen? Hey, listen, uh, uh, I, I, I don't need a God that I, I, I can explain. Amen? I just say, listen, again, the Bible doesn't, God didn't give his word to try and prove there's a God. The Bible's not to prove uh, there's a God. The Bible simply starts off, in the beginning, God. It just says, hey, I'm here. These are things I've done, and these are things I've done for you. Believe it, and I'll save you, amen, and I'll, and I'll help you. Did you raise your hand, James? What's that say? One of them, the angel of the Lord. One of them was the angel of the Lord said there. Thank you, brother. So think about that. Now, now, in speaking of the Trinity, let me give you this as we finish up. Father, Holy Spirit and word. Father, Holy Spirit and word. Now, think about our three enemies. Think about our three enemies. Well, the world is our enemy. And when you study the word of God, what do you find? The world is the great adversary of the father. The world is the great adversary of the Father. What what is another one of our great enemies? The flesh. And when you study the word of God, what do you see? The flesh is the great enemy of the Holy Spirit. What's another enemy we have? The devil. And when you study the word of God, what do you see? That Satan, the devil, was a great foe of God the Son. So the world is a great foe of the Father, Right? The flesh is the great foe of the Holy Spirit. The devil is the great foe of God the Son. And so we have here's what we have we have a triune God that is there on our behalf. Think about that. We have a triune God that is there on our behalf to help us overcome. The Bible says here, what? Overcome? Overcome? So we have a triune God working on our behalf to help us overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. We have a triune God working in our behalf. And when you pray, how do you pray? You pray to God the Father in the name of God the Son, through God the Holy Spirit. And when you pray, amen, you've entered the presence of the triune God, and you have the triune God working on your behalf to answer and work in that prayer. So the Bible says again in verse seven, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So what do we have as believers? We have a united front in the triune God. We have a united front for us bearing witness of who Christ is and that we are a child of the triune God.